Shalom Aleichem, welcome to Tune In, the weekly podcast series from the Yiddish Book Center. I'm Aaron Lansky, and my guest today is Jordan Kutzik, senior fellow here at the Yiddish Book Center, and the moving force behind our ongoing project to remaster, digitize, catalog, and post almost 2,000 hours of newly discovered audio recordings from the Jewish Public Library in Montreal. Jordan has spoken on our podcast before, but over the past months, he's been listening to more and more tapes and discovering some really quite remarkable and unexpected treasures. Jordan, welcome to the Yiddish Book Center podcast. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to jump right in. I understand you're working on two sort of different collections here. One of these are the so-called Redendik Bicha, or the uh, recorded books read by actors years ago and released previously through the Sammy Rohr Library of, of recorded Jewish books here at the Book Center. And then there are also the reel-to-reel materials that we discovered. Can you give us just a quick overview of both yeah. of these collections? The talking books are uh, recorded literature read sometimes by actors, sometimes by other volunteers that were recorded between about 1987 and about 1996. And we have stories from about 250 different titles and about 40 complete novels as well. Wow. So this is quite a gift for students, right, who have never heard these works in the voice of native speakers before. Uh, It's really great. Uh, First of all, some of the readers are absolutely fantastic. Uh, many, uh, many of the people we're reading had been in the Yiddish theater for years. Secondly, we have just about every imaginable um, accent and dialect uh, represented, sometimes in funny ways. One of the people reads uh, Sutzkever's uh, short stories, uh, has a thick Lodge accent, someone who reads uh, works from Warsaw, has a Vilna accent, so it doesn't always correspond exactly to the way the characters would have been speaking, but you get really authentic, natural Yiddish, and unlike the, what's, not to go off on the, to the um, other recordings, but some of the literary figures speak in a very proper academic Yiddish, and a, with a claw Yiddish pronunciation, but you don't have that with the people reading the books aloud, so it's very good for students who have never encountered these dialects from uh, native speakers in person. Well, as a person who uh, last summer was literally walking the beach in Nova Scotia with a uh, with an iPod and listening to these uh, to these stories, they they are riveting and compelling and kind of a sort of thing I think we never thought we'd the kind of opportunity I think we never thought we'd have again. But even more so are the reel-to-reel recordings. So tell us what that's all about. So the reel-to-reel recordings was a program that was started in 1953 at the Jewish Public Library. And they're professional recordings that were made through the sound system at the library of just uh, many of the public programs. Between a half and two-thirds of the programs that took place at the library were recorded, by my estimation. And we have recordings of pretty much every major Yiddish writer who was alive after hmm. World War II, with the exception of a few people who never left the USSR. What's what's notable about Montreal is that it maintained Yiddish as a language of culture within the Jewish community for longer than the rest of the Jewish diaspora outside of the Hasidic world. So uh, even as late as the 1980s, you, on a winter night, you could get 300 people to come out to a lecture to see a major writers, so writers really uh, went out of their way to travel to Montreal and to give talks. So 
you've been listening to these for months now. Mm-hmm. What struck you? What's your favorite so far? I, I wouldn't know where to start. My my personal favorite is the recording of Schmnicka Kaczynski, the uh, Vilna partisan and poet, just because of my previous interest with him. And he died in 1954, so it never occurred to me that there would be a recording of him. Right, Di- died how? In a plane crash. Yeah. In, in Argentina. Yeah, so it was really a surprise. Um, to find this and then to digitize it, and very special to be able to get um, these recordings to people who uh, knew the people on the recordings. And that's one of a, a dozen cases where people have called in or emailed saying, that's my uh, father or my husband who's no longer living or my grandmother, or all sorts of different relations to people they knew in the recordings. So that's very that was very cool and unexpected. It's you know I'm 24 years old, so things that took place 60 years ago seem very long to me, but long ago to me. But then I meet people who knew these people personally, and it doesn't. It's suddenly not very long at all. So we have these wonderful vintage recordings suddenly finding a very new incarnation in electronic form. What's it take to make that transition? So my first step is reading the ledger, but after I get the recordings back, I double check with the ledger. Then we have an intro and an outro track that we add just um, to brand it uh, as being part of this overall collection. And then, so I have to add in titles and mm-hmm. information, and I'm doing two tracks for each thing in Yiddish. So I have a, uh, a copy with an English title and a Yiddish title, so I have to translate the title. And then after that, it goes online first on our... Uh, first on archive.org, and then shortly thereafter on our website, and now on to iTunes. Where it's available free of charge, we should add, to anyone who wants to listen. Yeah, and if you search through the iTunes store, you can find it. The easiest thing is, uh, it's called the Francis Brandt Library. The easiest thing is just to subscribe to that, and then you'll be able to search anything within the collection. How do people do that? Go into the iTunes store, and... Just type in Francis Brandt Yiddish, and it will come right up. Perfect. Uh, And we are thrilled and very grateful to Francis Brandt for for sponsoring all this. And I should also add, very grateful to George Rohr, the son of the late Sammy Rohr, Oliver Shulam, who has now committed the funds for us to digitize the rest of the talking books and make the Sammy Rohr Library of Recorded Jewish Books uh, Mm -hmm. complete. So this is a big breakthrough for all of us. Yeah, the original Sammy Rohr Library that came out about seven years ago? I think, um, is about a quarter of all of the overall stories. So this will bring all of the recorded uh, literature read, uh, read aloud by native speakers into one collection that will be also available. F- fantastic. So who's listening to these materials so far? Do you have any indication of it? Well, the first people to listen to it once they were public were my Facebook friends and then <laughs> friends of my Facebook friends, but... I've gotten inquiries from Paraguay, I've gotten inquiries from Israel, I've gotten inquiries from Poland. Um, saw the recording uh, with Leonard Cohen has been da- downloaded several hundred times. So right. I, I should just add, that's in English. Yes, it's yes, in English. Right. Uh, though he's having a very heated discussion with the Yiddish writer Melech Ravitch in English about hmm. the role of language and literature, so it's... Um, well, a lot of people, a couple friends of mine downloaded and said, Leonard Cohen's not singing, and they were very disappointed. <laughs> how, how could you tell the difference? But Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, reading his, uh, he's reading poetry and discussing it. So it's very, um, it's, it's been very interesting how these have been 
uh, recordings have been making it around. It's not exactly clear how many people have listened to it because just like with the views of the books, we don't have an exact count. But I can see with the downloads that we're having a lot of people listening, there's pretty much not a single track that hasn't been listened to so far. Wow, that, that is remarkable. Have you heard from people, you know, uh, scholars and uh, people who might be making use of this material for, for, for research purposes? Sure. Um, I've heard from one person who's researching the Montreal Jewish community in particular. Um, I know someone who's working on materials relating to how Holocaust uh, commemoration events changed over time, and because we have recordings of nearly 55 years of Holocaust commemorations. Hmm. It's an incredible source for that. So those are the, the two immediate ones, that, like two immediate projects that come to mind, but I'd, you, I'd be very surprised that 30, 40 years down the road people aren't listening to this and evaluating answers um, from the interviews. We had a set of 30 interviews with major Yiddish writers uh, done by the writer and critic uh, Avram Tabachnik. And Tabachnik asks incredibly deep and insightful questions. Sometimes the questions are like a minute and a half long. And yeah, he was sort of the uh, Terry Gross of the Yiddish world, I think. Mm. So get a writer like Jacob Gladstein and say, what is poetry? What is Jewish poetry? What is the meaning of poetry after the Holocaust? What is the role of rhyme in your poetry. What do you think about modernism? Is modernism an ongoing tendency? And it's just all this stuff in rapid-fire Yiddish that I'm not really qualified to follow because I don't have a PhD in literature to begin with. So it's a very interesting level of super-academic Yiddish that you don't hear spoken today. And so what are you doing to make the materials available to non-Yiddish speakers? Because a treasure like this, obviously, we need to share with the world, right? It's impossible to do on a grand scale, but what I'm doing on a small scale is that I'm, I'm listening to as much as I have time to. Mostly I'm just entering data and uploading it. But when I get a chance, I listen to things, and when I find things that are interesting, I'll take the sound clip and make a film out of it. And so far I've made... Uh, five films. The sixth one is about to go up uh, this week. And they're available on our website under Treasures of the Francis uh, Brand Online Yiddish Audio Library. And they're films with English subtitles just taken from the tracks combined with still pictures. And I found that it, a lot of people who wouldn't have access to the material normally have been enjoying them and getting a sense of what's in the collection. Great. Well, I would really... Uh, urge anyone who doesn't speak or understand Yiddish to uh, to log on and view the view the films and, and mm -hmm. be able to follow along with these lectures. It's really quite extraordinary and a, and a really nice way to be to to look into a world that would be cut off otherwise. Mm -hmm. So far, we have um, an interview with Jacob. A uh, portion of the interview with Jacob Gladstein. We have uh, three song performances. Uh, we have a reading of. Uh, Itzik Manger's really uh, famous poem, uh, The Tree That Stands, Affenweg, State the Boim. We have uh, a bilingual version of The Raven. Um, that the, the Edgar Allan Poe Raven? The Edgar Allan Poe Raven. That um, I, I didn't know he was a Yiddish writer, but... Uh, no, but they, 
it was inter- they had a um, Labe Nidus evening, and Labe Nidus was a poet who also translated a lot of literature. And Mr. Bodvinik, David Bodvinik, who I mentioned, and his uh, sons had multiple evenings dedicated to him, and they did a reading of um, Sender and Label Bodvinik did a reading of the of the poem both in English and Yiddish, and you can really hear how masterful the translation is, even if you don't know the Yiddish. It, it sounds uh, quite similar, which is quite a, an accomplishment. I'd say. So listen, last question for today. Mm-hmm. So how far along are you? How many have you got left to do, and what's the approximate ETA on all of this? Ooh. About a fifth of the reel-to-reel recordings that we're having digitized are up, and... I'm hoping to have them all up by September as a goal. It's unclear if... This is September of... 2013. Right. Yeah. It's unclear if that'll be possible, but as much to to all of them up as possible. And, and the same thing with the uh, recorded books. The first, col- the first stories are going to go up in a month or so, and we'll have quite a lot... Up. It's more material than can be listened to by one person in a matter of years. With the stories, I'm separating the short stories into individual files. So that'll... So like discrete, discrete tracks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So each, so there'll be stories that are 4 minutes and 55 seconds, and there'll be novels that are 28 hours read, uh, read out. It's a whole range in length. Well, thank you, Jordan. I want to end today by presenting a very brief excerpt from one of the recordings that you've now restored. This one is in both Yiddish and in English, and it's the ethnomusicologist Ruth Rubin speaking on Jewish folk songs, recorded live at the Jewish Public Library in Montreal on October 14, 1978. This is a ballad written by two creative people, Michael Kaplan, who wrote the text, and Michael Gelbart, who wrote the tune. Michael Gelbart wrote many, many, many songs of great beauty in his time, and he was somebody whom I remember, so it wasn't so terribly long ago. But this is a period during the immigration years when young people were coming to put down new roots in the new country, and in this particular song, two young men are saying goodbye. One of them is disillusioned with the new country of America, is going back home to Europe, to Eastern Europe, and the one who is staying is asking him to bring greetings to me, to my family, and to the girl, my sweetheart, but I don't think she's going to, uh, he, he doesn't expect to see her again. And so that's the feeling there of sadness that he doesn't ever expect to see her again. So the song goes this way. Wenn endigen wirst du dein langes und kommen beschollen heim. Der erzählt dort von alles, der erzählt nur von mir nicht. Ich bet dich, mich losen geheim. Der erzählt dort von alles, der erzählt nur von mir nicht. Ich bet ich mich los in Geheim. Und wird euch mir fragen, 
mein Tate, meine Mame, erzähl nicht von alles, was du weißt. Er erzähl sie, ich hast doch gebraten so eine Weizens, sollen haben, Hanoi, verstehst. Der erzähl sie, ich hast doch gebraten so eine Weizens, sollen haben, Hanoi, verstehst. Und wird euch mir fragen, a Mädel, a Blase, du weißt doch schon, wenn ich mein. Hier möchtest du erzählen von alles, von alles, nur sie wird nicht fragen, ja oh nein. Hier möchtest du erzählen von alles, von alles, Nur sie wird nicht fragen, oh nein. Nur auf Heuben wird sie zwei Augen wie Karschen, a guckt an a milden auf dir. Und wird sich verschämen, verscharren a Lock. Nu los ihr gerissen von mir, ohne wird sich verschämen, verscharren allok. Nu los ihr gerissen von mir. And you've been listening to a recording by the ethnomusicologist Ruth Rubin at the Jewish Public Library way back in 1978. Thank you, Jordan Kutzik, Senior Fellow at the Yiddish Book Center and Director of the Francis Brand Library of Recordings from the Jewish Public Library and the Sammy Rohr Library of Recorded Yiddish Books. You've been listening to Tune In, a podcast from the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. You can tune in or sign up for these and other podcasts on our website at www.yiddishbookcenter.org. Our producer is Agnieszka Ilvitska. I'm Aaron Lansky. Zaymir Stark and Gesund. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.